This is the Root Advice Podcast with TikTok influencer Rudy A. Divorced after 16 years of marriage and single at 39, I share my mistakes and experiences to help your marriage improve your dating life and prepare you for life after divorce. What is up, everybody? And welcome to the Root Advice Show again, and I'm prompt to start time with the podcast. I know the schedule has been in flux and I can't help that. <laughs> I cannot help that because again, life is pretty crazy over here and I am going to just do what I can when I can. And again, I'm, thank you for joining and I, thank you for everybody joining and again, seeing all these familiar faces because again, I know I don't go as live as often as I used to and I need a, and, and I miss that. I do miss the live element here, but tonight we're going to be talking about divorce. Uh, it's the holidays and I know that's a sensitive time for a lot of people when it comes to divorce on how to handle yourself, what to do, tips to get through, because it's really a depressing time. But also, I want to touch on a, a topic that's really not new. It's something I've spoken to many times, but I wanted to give both perspectives on this particular topic. It's, again, why? Women file 80% of the time is the stat that people tend to quote. Uh, and in fact, as far as it's a stat in and of itself, it's true. Yes, I've had I've had numerous. I've spoken to many divorce attorneys. I've just had uh, a Dennis Vitrano. I've had uh, a Taryn Sinatra on my program uh, who have, are divorce attorneys with over 20 years experience each. And they both confirmed that, yes, women do, in fact, file for divorce many times, uh, 80 percent of the time, sometimes 70. And again, I know a lot of guys. I know a lot of red pill shows. I know a lot of podcasts tend to throw that stat and place all the blame on the female end. And a lot of that is bullshit. And a lot of it is, and some of it is truth. There's, there is truth in that statement. But again, to use that comment and just blame divorce solely on women for them quitting or they got bored. I understand that can happen, but it doesn't happen majority of the time. There's plenty of other variables that come in about, but again, I wanted to give, I wanted to talk about both sides of that equation just to kind of be really fair to the topic. And again, we're going to talk about that. And then also we're going to talk about uh, at least seven tips on what you can do to get through the holidays for divorce. I'm trying to maximize my time and record two episodes tonight. And there's also some viewer questions, I think I'm going to get to. And maybe if I have some time, I will answer some questions from you guys who are in the chat. Hello, everybody on TikTok. Please like the screen, tap it and share it to everybody who would like to be who you think would find the topics interesting tonight. And everybody on Facebook and on, on, on YouTube. Hello. I appreciate everything. And real quick, I wanted to talk about this real quick. I usually go on a little rant before I go into my topics here. And uh, I'm really not happy with TikTok right now. TikTok is, is not the same anymore. Uh, for example, I posted a video earlier today. And granted, I haven't posted as often as I normally do. But I posted a video. Normally, my views are, they used to be 100K each, 150K. 50K was a bad one. But now they're averaging about maybe 5,000, 10,000 at the most. And I'm fine with that. And today I posted a video, a, a clip of my interview with Mac and Murphy, who was a scientist who studied the really the science behind infidelity. It's one of my best programs ever, one of my best conversations. So again, if you haven't heard that program, it's live right now on all listening platforms on the Root Device uh, program. Just look at a uh, look up episode 59. And I posted it up and I went back to work and there was like 150 views after six hours. And I'm like, what is going on? with TikTok. And lately, when I look through my feed on TikTok, all I see are ads. All I see are like uh, TikTok shop links, people selling jackets, people selling all these trinkets, people selling 
Uh, a lot of women's makeup. I don't know why that's on my feed. I never click on that stuff. I mean, I click on it to block it, but I'm just getting a lot of ads in the, in, in the mornings, all the live feeds are, it, it looks like, uh, you remember the shopping network back in the day where people were just selling stuff and call in now and get a discount. I'm seeing nothing but ads on TikTok now. And it's, it's not the same. And, and going live on TikTok, um, I granted I haven't gone live as much as I can, but it's, it's really tough to retain an audience on TikTok that's at least over 10 people sometimes because sometimes what I do is I study what other creators are doing on TikTok to retain audience, right? So what are they doing? What are they getting to keep a, a hold of so many people? And it's <laughs> lately, I don't know if, if it's just me, but everybody who's on TikTok right now, are you seeing the same thing? Are you seeing women who are hardly dressed like washing dishes and in their kitchen cooking, but they got booty shorts and they have like no bra on and like see-through shirts. And I'm like, really? And there's like, of course, there's all these simps in the chat, like 5,000 guys, like, you know, 360, 360. I block every single one of them because I don't want to see that shit. And of course, the video game channels I support, there's a few retro game channels that I see, but all I see is a lot of women <laughs> that are hardly dressed as cleaning their house or doing dishes or in the kitchen doing nothing. And they're making <laughs> hundreds of dollars. And I, again, in combination with the shop links and just that being really what they're pushing, I don't like it. It's lost, it's lost its authenticity. I remember when you can just go and tell a story, an authentic story about a, something horrible you went through, something that was very personal with you. It didn't need to be edited. It didn't need subtitles. It didn't need all this fancy uh, cuts. And it got traction and people listened to it because that's what made TikTok so special. It was the authenticity of just hearing re real people share real stories. And that's what I loved about it. And it's not the same anymore, and especially on my feed. I actually went in the settings and reset my feed. Like you can reset it to the default settings and uh, you can actually get a clean slate. And I did that. And all it was doing was pushing all these dance influencers that do dance influencers at me. And I'm like, oh, I can't do this. So I, anyway, I haven't been on TikTok as much as I normally was at one point. I'll post videos again. But again, when you post great knowledge and when you post um, something that's going to really benefit somebody. It never gets traction anymore. It's always the hateful comments. And uh, one of my colleagues, one of my good friends, Sarah Don Moore, who started about a year ago on giving advice, she skyrocketed to stardom. Like she went from zero followers to almost half a million. Her YouTube page, she started it like eight months ago. She said half a million followers. But again, she was talking about dating advice from the male perspective. And she's, she admitted on herself in one of her videos that she had to pull back on her content because she noticed a lot of the content, a lot of the people that were following her were just angry men who hated women. And they wanted her to validate their pain. Like, tell us how bad women are. Tell us how women suck nowadays. Tell us how modern women ain't worth a damn. Tell us how we need to go overseas. That's all she was hearing. And she admitted that she kind of went into that loop a little bit and she kind of pulled herself out. She's like, I can't do this no more. I, I want to give knowledge that's going to help, you know, like create the bridge back to the, the instead of like adding the fuel to the fire with the, the gender war, she wants to bridge that gap again, because it, I don't care what you think, but we do need each other. I know there's factions of men who are like, we're not giving a damn. They're going out on their own. They're giving up on women. I don't agree with that, but if they're personally happy with themselves and they find peace in their hearts of going that route, you know, more power to you. I wish you the best. I know there's factions of women who are giving up on men, men eating shit, whatever, whatever. I see that on my feet as well. If you want to be alone and just kind of hide and prevent yourself from possibly getting hurt again, I shouldn't say hide. That's that sounds judgmental. But if you just want to separate yourself from people, okay. But again, I don't I don't want to preach that. I don't want to add fuel to that fire. I don't want to contribute to that. That's why a lot of my advice, you'll get the the people that hate it or accept it or not. But again, 
it's it's so easy. And it's it's funny because it's almost tempting at times as a creator here on TikTok that if I wanted the money and just get the stardom and just get the clicks, all I have to do is say women suck. And I'm not going to do that because like I said, I have a daughter who's 19. I have a son who's 17. I'm not going to contribute to that hate that's out there. But again, for my pregame wrap up, uh, in other words, TikTok is not the same anymore. I, I love it. I mean, without TikTok, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't have a podcast. I wouldn't be talking to you. I wouldn't be having this platform on Facebook. I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. And I'm very grateful for the platform itself and what it's given me, but what it's becoming, I don't like. It's becoming what Instagram is now. Instagram used to be uh, pictures of your friends, celebrities, whomever you follow, that's all you got were just pictures of just who you were following. Now it's ads and links to shops. And that's what TikTok is becoming. It's a shame. I think the, the window or the, I guess the apex of what TikTok's fandom is or was is over. I mean, the fun part of it was that you can just be anybody, upload a video and it gave you like this artificial taste of stardom and going viral. And I think a lot of people got hooked to that. Maybe myself, I'm speaking to myself as well, but I wish it went back to what it was. And I don't think that's going to happen. I truthfully don't. It's not going to happen. That's just me. But again, some of the lives like, Hey everybody, Anna, what's going on? Yes. Uh, Alisa. Uh, yes, it is. A, uh, it is crazy. The shopping. That's all I see. Why is it suddenly not replying to my text? Or at least I don't know. We'll talk about that later. Truth is ridiculous. You're right. I've never seen your videos on my timeline. You see, and it's funny because I'm also losing a hundred, a couple hundred followers a day. And I don't know. I don't know if you're initiating that act. I don't know if you're actually going and unfollowing me, but I've slowly, I'm losing 200 followers a day on TikTok, And on the, the, the counterparts that uh, my Facebook page, I was stuck at 61,000 followers on, on Facebook. And I didn't know what was going on. I'm like, what's happening. I, I was actually temporarily banned for a little bit from uploading any videos and getting any monetization. And all of a sudden I went to bed last night. I had 61,000 followers. And as of right now, I have 68,000 followers on Facebook. So Facebook is blowing up right now. I'm, I had to turn off the notifications because I just couldn't believe the traffic I was getting on Facebook. So again, if you're watching from Facebook, I love you. Thank you for joining. Uh, you, you're like I said, um, it all started on TikTok, but Facebook, you guys give me feedback. You give me novels and comments, you engage, you respond back and forth. So again, I, I love the Facebook community, TikTok. I need to get back on there with you guys. And um, hopefully you can see my videos. Maybe you can hit the notifications. I don't know. But again, that's what I'm hearing a lot is people aren't seeing my videos anymore. And that's a shame. Uh, but again, I'll keep posting. Maybe the algorithm will share it. But going back to the topic here, the topic at, at hand, why 80% uh, of women file for divorce. This is a sensitive uh, topic for me because again, first I went through it firsthand. I was one of the few men who chose to file for divorce instead of me living a life that was uh, without love, without affection. You know, we were thinking about staying together for the kids. And I know a lot of people choose to do that. And that's your decision. But I, I, I just kind of saw life as like, you know, we get one ticket on this ride to life. Why am I going to live in this existence where I'm living with somebody who doesn't love me? We're just staying together as roommates. I know financially I couldn't survive on my own. And oh, I, I was this close to actually moving forward and settling in that life. And then I thought, no, <laughs> I, I got to live for me now. I've been, I did, you know, in my perspective, I thought I was a great husband. I tried to be a best, the best husband I could. Of course, I'm an awesome father. And I said, you know what? Now it's time for me to be a little selfish and go and do what I want to do. And that's what I did. I filed. And yeah, I couldn't survive on my own financially. That's why I had to work four fucking jobs for like three years. 
going on. Uh, it's funny. I had a, I would have dates Saturday night at eight o'clock and what I would do for date money was go for drive for Uber from like noon, like, or like in the morning to like 5 PM to get date money. Right. And then I go home, shower and change, fill up the tank and then go out on a date. That's how I kind of survived for four years. And man, it was hard. I don't know if I can do it again, but I did it because I wanted to live for me. I wanted to do things for my own. And it wasn't easy. I know I may come off as it was easy, but I went through a lot of pain and I don't, I don't never want to go through that again. I truthfully don't. But again, I file, but again, there's this stat. You always see it all the time. Women file 80% of the time. Women are quitters. Women give up. Why, why would you want to marry a modern woman? They're not worth it. And I always caveat to that. Okay. That's the end result. That's the end result of why they're filing. They, they filed, right? But Ask yourself outside of the stat, why? Why are they filing? There's a reason to it ending. And I know that some of the guys say their changes in their mind, they're emotional. And I'm going to touch on that. I'll speak to that in great length in today's podcast. But the other part of that is you guys, men and women, you send me stories via email. I've, I've gotten to know some of you, uh, a lot of women who've told me, I have a friend right now going through a divorce. And they filed. Yes, statistically, yes, they did file, but they put up through eight, 10 years of physical abuse. They put up emotional abuse. Uh, he cheated on me 20, uh, plenty of times. And he said, You can't leave. It's a vow. I'll change. And then he would go through six months of trying to change it and just revert to his old behaviors. You had men who just have addiction problems. Of they had vices they couldn't control, and they always said they would try and try and try, and those vices ultimately affected the family. They affected uh, the, his way of being a father. So there were all these other circumstances that happened to why they filed. So yes, that stat is true. It is confirmed, so I'm not denying that. But you have to ask yourself, I know you're angry with how your wife left you, but why are they filing? There's many reasons to that, right? And it, some people say it takes two to tango, it takes two to, uh, to for a marriage to fail. I can understand that, but sometimes it's one person. Sometimes it's the woman, sometimes it's the guy. And again, speaking on that one part, yes, there are guys out there who feel or believe that when you take a vow, it's for life, no matter what. So you're locked into this relationship because you made a vow before God, before family and friends that you weren't leaving. So death do us part. So that gives some guys, not all guys, that gives some guys a card to just give up, let themselves go and behave however they want because you made a vow to stick to it. Now, whatever your religious convictions or beliefs are, I can't argue with that. But again, you, you are vowing and promising to honor somebody. And if you choose not to honor them and choose to do other things, then you're kind of breaking your own vows. So that's a whole other route. That's a whole other route. And again, I understand a lot of you may not even want to get married. That's fine. I truthfully believe a lot of the marriages that do in are because a lot of you, as I've said many times, are not marriage material. I truthfully believe this isn't not a hard set. This is just me kind of assuming things. But after talking to so many of you, I think there's only maybe 25% of us out there who are actually capable and have what it takes to be married. And then there's the other 75% of us who feel Marriage is a um, is something that we're entitled to. We're supposed to get married. We're supposed to have kids. We're supposed to be parents and husband and wife. When technically, no, that's not true. There's a lot of horrible parents out there. We know some of them. There's a lot of horrible couples who shouldn't be together, but they are. 
And there's a lot of women who are forcing the situation to get married because they just want the wedding. And we all know of friends like that. And maybe we've stood in those weddings, right? Maybe we've stood in those weddings. And we, we knew in the back of our mind, yeah, I give them a couple of years. She's only doing it because she wants to get it out of the way. Like it was like some sort of like progression. I have to be this. I have to be married before I'm 20, 29, before I'm 30. If not, I'll be a failure. So I have to settle and do this. And then when you settle, you find out, oh, it's after the wedding and the planning, all that excitement's all kind of gone away. Now you're thinking, oh, wow, I'm not happy. And that's your problem, not his. I mean, you, he, it's not his job to make you happy. You see what I'm saying? You have to have that happiness within you. So I think a lot of the marriages are really, they're, fail, they're, they're, they're failure to launch. They're destined to fail because they're marrying under the wrong circumstances. And they're forcing a situation. I'll change him when, he, when we get married. When we have a kid, he'll mature. No, no. And a lot of that's on you for forcing the situation. So I believe, yes, a lot of you aren't ready for the marriage, but yes, you want the date. And hence you get married a few years later, you file. And I feel for those guys because again, they feel they're in love, right? They're, they're doing what makes you happy. They're doing everything you want. They're yes, dear. They go and work hard. They get the house and, you know, they're working hard to make a future for you and your family. But they don't know that you settled. They don't know that you just wanted to get married, not necessarily with him, but you just wanted to get married and he's working hard. He's, he's in love. You're building the future. You brought a kid into the world. Now you're bored and not happy and you file and the guy's heartbroken. That's, I feel for those guys because in a way they feel used. You know, what do you mean? I, I did everything right. I loved you. I was a good man. You know, I, I wasn't ready to get married, but yes, I, I, we, we met each other. Here we are. Let's work for what we got. Those guys, my heart goes out to and I was thinking, how can I, how can we talk? How can I talk about this more? So I like looking at research. I like looking at people who've actually been married and really have wisdom because I don't like listening to these young podcasters and these young reptile content creators who've never been married, never, never uh, been a wife or a husband, never had kids, have never been in that situation. They can speak to it from the outside perspective, but they've never been there. So I'm going to play a video here. It's about 11 minutes and I'll pause here and there. If you're on YouTube or Facebook, you'll be able to see it. Uh, TikTok, you'll be able to hear it. But I found a channel. I don't necessarily believe or how can I say this? I don't necessarily agree with a lot of what she says, but the channel is called uh, the Happy Wife School. And the channel, what she says, she goes, I am a former unhappy wife who emasculated my husband until I had an awakening that was a problem in my marriage. So what better way to share that perspective from, I mean, other than a woman who actually was an unhappy woman, an unhappy wife who emasculated her husband. And she speaks to why she believes women file 80% of the time. So I'm going to play this video and let me get this ready for you. And again, you'll be able to hear it on TikTok, but you won't be able to watch it. So let's get this ready for everybody. And I'll get to the comments after the video. Dennis, I see you, man. I see you. Yeah, I've been there, dude. It sucks. Lost a lot of my hair. We lost a lot of weights, all that stuff, man. So let me just get all this ready. Let me get this overlay down and bear with me. All right. So here we go. This, this, this video is titled 80% of divorces are filed by the wife. So let's listen to this real quick. They're filed by women. Can everybody hear it on YouTube? Why is that? So the comment that I got was, 
why do so many women leave their husbands simply because they are unhappy or bored? Why is it that men have the endurance of till death do us part? And yet many women have the endurance limited to their emotions like boredom and unhappiness. And I think this is a great question. And I see videos pop up all the time in this space about women leaving simply because they're unhappy. And why is that? And what's the solution to that? Okay. So what I had to see for myself as a woman, why we have such a limited endurance in marriage and we are so quick to leave and so quick to run. And for those watching on TikTok, I'm playing a video on a woman from a woman who's was once married and she explains why women file. This is her perspective. This is real, real experience, real life advice. And I just wanted to share this with you. Again, this is not why all women file, but this is a portion of them. So again, they play. Is because we have no concept when we get married that we are actually making a commitment to another person. We're making a commitment to ourselves that our vows actually mean something. And that when we get married, we have responsibilities and roles to make it work. As women, we are incredibly short-sighted. And all we think about in getting married is the wedding, the dress, and the party. Some, yeah. And we have no concept that we are actually stepping into a huge responsibility and a huge commitment that we are making to keep our word and follow through. And women will be the first to argue, my husband broke his vows. My husband does not follow his vows. Mm. He's the one that's not committed. Again, that is a projection of ourselves and our own lack of commitment in our marriage. Oh, wow. That we have no concept, no concept that our vows even mean something and that we're making a commitment. We want to look good, sound good at the wedding. And that's it. For us as women, marriage is the next thing that we are checking off our list of what we think will make us happy in life. Again, I just want to be clear. I think she's speaking to a good percentage of women, but not all women. Like I've said before, there are some bad husbands out there, but I truthfully believe like when I get the men just yelling at me in the comments, like she just quit on me. Without knowing the entire story, I I believe maybe a portion of them, but again, without full context, I don't know. But again, I do acknowledge and I do know there's plenty of women out here that are like that who are getting married for the wrong reasons, only for the event. And that's really destroying men out there. So again. It's the trap of the human pursuit of happiness that we all have. That's not a woman problem. But looking for what's going to make me happy in my life and checking off the boxes to have a good life on paper, thinking that that's somehow going to make us happy when the truth is that happiness is an internal experience. We all know that no one and no thing can make you happy, but we've never been taught how to put that in place. So we spend our whole lives acquiring the relationships, the things, the achievements, the accomplishments, thinking those things will make us happy. And they never will. They never can because the only one who can make us happy is ourselves. So as women getting married and I did the same thing, it's the next step of the thing that we think will make us happy. And we believe that marriage Hmm. and a happy marriage are supposed to just happen. (laughs) That there's nothing that we have to do to actually make that happen. 
and that it actually takes work. So for us as women, as soon as it gets hard, as soon as we, it's not going the way that we think it should, Mm -hmm. as soon as we are unhappy or bored, we run because we have no commitment to ourselves and we had no intention or awareness that we actually have to follow through with the commitment that we make when we get married. We feel entitled and we feel justified to search for our happiness in spite of the commitment and responsibilities we have as a wife and for many women as a mother. I'll get to the comments in a bit. I see a lot of good comments here on TikTok and here on Facebook. So again, I'll get to those after these, after this video. And we put our own happiness ahead of the commitment and the responsibilities that we have made. And so what happens for us as women is that we'll divorce, we'll run away, we'll break up. We hop into another relationship thinking that somehow that will make us happy and it doesn't. And this is the cycle that we live in our whole lives. She's got a great point there because again, this this is something that you can recognize, I believe, before you get engaged with anybody. If you start, guys, I'm talking to you. If you meet a woman and you're dating and you see that she's really never been single her entire life, like she's always jumped from one relationship to another. And maybe the, the timeline per relationship is maybe six months, less than a year. That is a huge red flag. That, that tells you a lot about her insecurities and really her own, her own internal issues. She's got, she can't be happy on her own. She needs that new dopamine high every six months or so, and she will change. So again, before you say I do, and if, I don't care if she's hot. A lot of us guys make stupid decisions like, oh, I'm going to get her. I'm going to get married. I, I, I love her. And you're only in love with her looks infatuated with how her beauty is. Don't make stupid decisions like that. Use your brain for a second and kind of like look at the situation. If you have a friend telling you, you know what? You know, I don't like her, dude. Listen to your friend. Sometimes they're looking out for your best interest. But again, look out for that red flag. And that's key because if you marry someone who's like this and they've never really been single and they're constantly in relationships one after the other, your marriage is on, a, is on borrowed time, man. You're going to be divorced. You, she's going to leave you within a couple of years or so, less than five. And we live in this cognitive dissonance that it's our husbands making us unhappy, that it's the marriage making us unhappy with no awareness that it's actually you. And I had to realize it was me (laughs) that was unhappy. And there was nothing my husband could do or stop doing or anything that was going to change in my marriage that would make me happy because that is impossible. The only person that can make you happy is you. I've said that a thousand times. And unfortunately, we aren't taught how to do that in life. But I was very blessed to be taught how to be happy and what happiness actually is. And that it's having a healthy relationship with myself. Yes. That it isn't anything that my husband can do or my marriage can do to make us happy. Mm -hmm. I like to look at the statistics that 50% of first marriages fail, 60% of second marriages fail, and 75% of of (laughs) third marriages fail. And if 60% of the second marriages fail, oh shit. Okay. (laughs) 80% of marriages are are divorced or filed by women. It's because we're unhappy and we think it's the marriage or our husband making us unhappy. That's a myth. And wherever you go, there you are. So if you leave the relationship because you're bored or because you're unhappy and you're blaming your husband and your marriage for that, we are incredibly misguided. Mm -hmm. We're unhappy because of ourselves. Yep. We're bored because we're bored with ourselves. Ooh. Because we've given up on ourselves and we're not doing anything to create a life for ourselves and to do the things that are meaningful and purposeful to us. I like to use the example of Tom Brady. 
and Giselle. And I've seen some videos around on that too. I think Pearl, uh, Pearly Things has some uh, videos don't on that. Pearl. Come on. And <laughs> it's the classic, like Tom Brady, clearly a good man at the top of his game. Well, we don't know if he's a good man, right? He's a great, he's a great quarterback, but we don't know the personal. Makes plenty of money. Uh, just a, a wonderful person. And Giselle was unhappy because he played football too long. When she knew who she was marrying and what he did, she was marrying a professional football player and top of his game. And she thought it was supposed to be different and that he was away too much and he played football too much. So she was unhappy. So she felt entitled to leave and wreck her family. Well, I I don't remember that. I recall that he retired and that she, she was married to him again. I don't know all the details, but again, she knew who she was marrying, but then he retired and she thought that this was now the time they can be together as a family. I'll do things finally together without him having to live on a schedule. And then he got out of retirement, went back and that's when she filed. So I recall those circumstances. It's not like what she said. Giselle is unhappy in herself. We don't know. She's a classic woman. I don't know about that. And thinking that there's some other man out there that's going to make her happy. And that Tom Brady was responsible for her unhappiness. No. Ladies, it's us. No. And so the solution is to learn to be happy in ourselves. And what men need to know, this is really, really, really important, is you are not the source of your wife's unhappiness. That I agree with 100%. You are not the source of your wife's unhappiness. 100%. And that there is nothing you can do or stop doing that will make her happy. Nothing that you hear in marriage counseling, nothing that she asks you you to read, not speaking speaking her love language writing love notes to her, making her feel important, doing special things for her. None of those things will make your wife happy because she is unhappy in herself. Mm -hmm. And she is the only solution to her unhappiness. And if you try to do the things you think will make her happy, she will resent it, find fault in it, and it won't be enough. And she'll find all the other things that she thinks you need to do to make her happy. I want to add that this isn't only directed to women. This goes for anybody. I put a, I put a, a meme out there and said, if you're unhappy as a single person, you're going to be unhappy as a married person. You know, happiness is from within. Don't expect the other person. Don't get married hoping they make you happy. And that, that got good traction. But again, I just want to be clear that, yes, what she's saying is 100% clear, but it also goes to everybody. You have to have that personal happiness in order to succeed in any relationship, not necessarily marriage, but she is right. So good men have to retire from trying to make your wife happy and retire from throwing your actions and feelings into an empty bucket with holes. That's never, ever going to result in your wife being happy. It doesn't mean that you can't be the kind, thoughtful, loving partner that you are but you have to do that for yourself because it's an expression of who you are, not because you think if you do this one thing, maybe she'll be nice or maybe she'll finally be happy or maybe she'll get off my back about this because you'll be disappointed and let down every single time. Yep. So the ultimate reason that 80% of divorces are filed by women is because we are selfish and self-centered and we put our own 
unhappiness ahead of the commitments that we made in being a wife and oftentimes a mother. And we are, are grossly misguided to think that our happiness is in some other relationship or other, some other form of a lifestyle because it's not. Mm-hmm. And the only way that we're going to be happy is to learn to take responsibility for ourselves, to follow through with our commitments, to do our best. Yeah. And to build a healthy relationship with ourselves. And when we do, that's why I have this, this sign back here that says, happy women have happy marriages. Because it's true. When you become happy in yourself, then that's the lens. You feel good about yourself. You have a healthy relationship with yourself. And then that's the lens through which you see your marriage, your husband, and all of life. It's so simple. So you don't need to work on your marriage. You don't need to try to change your husband. There's nothing he can do to make you happy. It's working on yourself. And obviously the things you've been doing, because you'll say, well, I've been going to therapy and I've been reading books and I do yoga. I do all the things I need to do to be happy. It's him. Those things don't work to make you happy. (laughs) I was lost in all of that. I was a yoga teacher. I had a healing practice. I was woo woo as it comes. And none of it made me happy. The only way that I learned how to be happy is to actually stop doing those things because they were all an escape from myself. And I had to learn to take responsibility that my life and the experience of myself was a result of my choices and decisions, period. And then to learn to commit to myself to do my best and do the things that make me feel good about who I am and build my character and build my integrity for me. That's the path to happiness and having a healthy relationship with yourself. It's not sitting on a couch complaining about your past and your upbringing or complaining about your husband. It doesn't work. The only way to be happy is to take responsibility and to stop being victims in our lives. All right. That's the video. And I think that's, it was a good one. Now let's talk about that video real quick. Um, let's, let's break that down because if, if somebody in TikTok here says this lady of this uh, what left in Texas says this lady sounds like she fell down uh, the manosphere. Uh, there's some pieces in there maybe, but overall the, the message in that video is personal development is what really the whole message of that video was. She's talking about being happy with yourself. Now, again, easier said than done. How does one be happy with themselves? There's no timeline. There's no course. There's no there's no steps to, to achieve that. It's more or less a realization. It's like the coming, the finding Jesus moment. When you know it, when you have it, you're there. It's self-awareness. And again, that comes in whatever stage in life you're in. And I think if I can just add my two cents to what she said, which I agree with about 89% of that, I think a lot of it comes with maturity. I think the older you get, you find out who you are as an individual. You find out your path in life. You find out what. Your purpose is, what your passions are, whether it be a job or a, maybe you're a teacher, you find out your place in the world. And I think that comes in life. And when you find your passion and when you find what you love, that gives you internal happiness that no one can take away from you. And that's a wonderful thing. I have that with my career outside of the TikTok space and YouTube space. And there's nothing like going to work loving with loving what you do. I remember telling women when I was dating, I love my job. They're like, wow, you're the first guy I've ever met who said they love what they do. It's a wonderful thing. But it took me years to get there. It took me like 39 years to get there. Okay. I wasn't there in my 20s or early 30s. But I was happy. I was happy with my 
my hobbies, my passions, my YouTube channel. I had a, everything that I wanted to do, I was doing. And it's a contagious feeling because people can feel that. And I don't, I would not have had that in my twenties or in my early thirties. And I think that's the problem when people, when I've, I've said many times, you shouldn't get married young. I know you feel it's something you're supposed to do, but you don't know who the hell you are as an individual. You don't know what, what you're supposed to do. You barely left your mom's house. You barely graduated. You have a master's or a bachelor's degree and you have no real world experience. You've always been with this one person. You've never been alone. And now you get married. So again, I, that contributes to the unhappiness I feel. And I feel that's when people rely on their spouse to make them happy. And I kept saying in that video that this reminds me of my first marriage. And again, I wasn't the greatest husband. I've, I've shared that story many times, but one of the um, problems I remember in our marriage amongst others was that my ex-wife was very unhappy. She, she hated her job. She hated that she didn't finish school. She hated just where she was. She was in her late twenties, early thirties. She was always tired. She didn't, she lost her figure because she couldn't work out or didn't want to go work out. And she was always blaming me. And I remember at the time as a young man, I, I loved her completely. Right. And I was in pain that she was in pain. And I saw it as part of my role. This is how stupid I was. I saw it as part of my role as a husband to fix it and make her happy. And I spent years doing that. You know, she said she couldn't go to the gym. I, I go, I'll take care of the kids after, you know, we're all tired again. I'll get, I'll cook dinner, go to the gym after work. And I'll, I got the kids. So if you go in the morning, no, I don't want to get up early. I'm like, okay, we'll go after work. I'll watch the kids, you know, get, get back in shape, whatever you want to do, or we can go together. No, I don't want to go I'm like, okay. I didn't finish school. I hate that. I didn't finish school. I'm like, okay, well, we both have to work. You know, we both didn't make a lot of money, but we both have to work because we were house poor. I go, maybe you can go night school and you know, maybe you can go weekend school. But again, you, you just can't quit your job. We both need to work. Oh, now, now you're telling me I can't go to school. I'm like, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that financially we're, we're barely making it on two incomes. If you go part-time or quit, we're going to be screwed. And, uh, well, now you say that I can't go back to school. So then she blamed me for not finishing school. And that really, that really, it hurt me because again, I, I loved her completely. I wanted her happy and I thought I can fix that. And I maybe stayed in that space for eight years, maybe eight for a very long time. And I remember one of my, my therapy sessions before I made my decision to get divorced, I go, well, look, man, this is what's going on. And my therapist back in 2014 said, no, Rudy, it's not your job to make your spouse happy. No, your, your, your job is to be a good husband, you know, you know, contribute, make her laugh, you know, and be there as a companion. But happiness comes from within. You can't make somebody happy and you're, you're destined to fail. And when he, when I heard that from a professional, that's when I realized it's not my job. That's it's not on me. So that was one of the decisions I said, you know what I'm filing. Cause I tried for years and it's just not going to work. I'm moving on. So Again, I can relate to what she said. And again, I've learned a lot. The man I am now at 46 is not the man I was in my 20s. And again, I carried that over to the dating world. And again, I screwed up again because then I dated a woman. You know, I was stupid. I was all in love with her because she was hot, right? But she was never single. She told me since she was 16, she had never been single her entire life. Red flag, right? And she's dated nothing but idiots and jealous psychos and whatever. Red flag. And I said, well, I'm the good man. I'm going to show her what a good man is. And I'm going to prove myself to her and show her what she's been missing. And I simped out. And again, I was just doing all these things. I became more of a servant role. 
And guess what? She told me six months later after the dopamine levels were off, wore off that, you know what? I don't know what I want anymore. You made me happy, but I don't know what I want. And I learned my lesson again. And that's the second time I, I went through it. And that's the second time I, I was never going to make that mistake again. So again, to those who are listening out there, I know she was directing the conversation to women, but that's her, that's her page. That's what she's doing. It goes to both sexes. But again, guys, if you're dating somebody and you constantly feel that you have to be performing, you have to consistently be doing things for her, taking her out to extravagant dates, being spontaneous, gift giving, all these things, you're, you're destined to fail. And it's going to end bad for you because what you're doing is you're like providing crack to an addict. You're keeping the dopamine high going is what you're doing. And before you know it, what you're doing, you know, I, like the Guns N' Roses song, I used to do a little bit, a little wouldn't do it. So a little got more and more. The tolerance level, that dopamine is going to go higher and higher. Before you know it, she's just going to be bored of you and you're wasting your time. So again, before you get married, be, be very cautious with who you date. Don't fall in love with beauty. Don't fall in love with who you think they are or who they were. Fall in love with who they are now and be cognizant with your heart and yourself. Because if you choose the wrong person, you're going to be like one of these guys we see on TikTok saying, you know, I was a good man. I gave her everything and she, she left me after 40 years. She took the house, whatever. Well, guess what? It's part of that's your fault because you weren't cognizant. You weren't looking at the right. You weren't looking at the red flags. You were ignoring them and you were just going along for the ride. So I'm just asking all young men who've not been married, who are not considering to get married, who or maybe dating right now, or maybe engaged, take a close look at your fiance. If you feel you have to constantly be performing to keep that, that dopamine level high, and you see that she's always complaining and never happy, it's going to end bad, bro. It's going to end bad. And ladies too, if you're dating a guy who is constantly bitching and complaining and just not happy with who he is and what he is, you know, I got fired. They hate me at my work. You know, I'm, I'll, you know, whatever, same thing. That character, that person's not going to change just because you got engaged or married or you have a kid. For the love of God, do not bring a kid into the world with that person. Because then you're going to be stuck with them for the rest of your life and they're not going to change. They're going to be, they're a horrible person and a horrible partner. They're going to be a horrible parent. Don't do that. Take off the rose-tinted lenses. Stop thinking with your dick and just look at the situation from an objective point of view. If you have a bro a brother, a sister, they're always going to be real with you. And if they say, brother, I don't like her, bro, she's not good. Listen, because they're coming from a, a, from a good place and they're looking out for you. So listen to your buddies, listen to the people that you love and trust, because again, they want the best for you. If your best man is, is objects and says, Hey man, you shouldn't do it. Listen to him. Don't throw him out of the wedding and then Photoshop him out of the fucking wedding pictures because you know, you don't like what he said or he got it. You got your, if your wife or fiance upset, no, he, he means it. He loves you and he wants you to be okay. I'm, I'm curious. There's a lot of people watching. There's over 60 people here on TikTok, everybody on YouTube uh, and on Facebook. Have you ever been in a, a, at a wedding and wanted to speak up because you knew your friend was destined to fail? This whole marriage is destined to fail and you didn't speak up and for, and you did it. And then a few years later, two years later, they divorce. <laughs> Deep down, don't you feel like, damn it, I should have said something. I should have said something. I should have. I, I, I don't know why not look at her. She's got a kid. He disappeared. He cheated on her with her sister or whatever. And now she's got a kid from this asshole. 
and I didn't speak up or vice versa. Now your buddy's living in a car, living with his parents while his wife, who they barely were married three years, now has the house. And he's paying her a ridiculous amount of child support or alimony. And she's got a, a younger dude living with her. Deep down, are you thinking like, God damn, I should have said something. I should have said something. I don't know why he did. And maybe I'm going to have that guilt with me. Maybe I'm not. But speak up. I'm, I'm asking everybody who's listening. I know a lot of people say, no, I'm not going to say anything. It's not my place. I'm telling you to speak up. Speak up for your friends. Man or woman, speak up for them because sometimes they need that perspective. And hopefully they listen. Nine times out of 10, you know what? They may not even listen. They may be saying, you know what? Screw you. I'm in love. We're going to get married on top of a mountain and you're not invited. That's from Anchorman. <laughs> okay. I spoke up. Run on, bro. Good luck to you. And when it fails and he comes crying, he says, you're all right. Say, I told you so. Or not. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but divorce is a horrible thing. And again, going back to the 80%. The women that this woman, the women that this woman, the women that this creator was mentioning out of the 80%, I feel maybe there may, and again, I have no hard data. I don't know for certain, but I think that's a good 30% of the women that are out there, especially the, I've just known so many young women who were so caught up with the moment of getting married, getting the, the colors and the invitations. They were so caught up in the wedding that they weren't ready to be wives. I've seen that. And I've seen that firsthand in my life where they got divorced and that's on them. That really is on them. And uh, that's the, uh, the guilt, the guilt on them. But I feel that's maybe 30% of the 80, maybe 40, but the other 40 of that 80 is a lot of men. And again, I know there's a lot, uh, again, I've spoken to the men being screwed over and I'm talking to the women's side here. There's a lot of guys out there who were just horrible guys. And um, either they're abusive, as I mentioned earlier, uh, either verbally or physically. I, I've, I, there's many female creators that I've collabed with, right? And they've all told me, I'm not going to name names, but they've all told me stories where they were married for 10 years and the guy repeatedly cheated on her, abused her, raped her, many things. And she stayed because she didn't want to break up the family. She, she didn't want to break up the family. But ultimately, she had enough and left. What do you expect a woman to do in that case? If that was your sister or even your daughter, what would you, what would you expect them to do? You, you wouldn't want them to stay in that situation. Vow or no vow. You wouldn't want that. Or you, they married a guy who just gave up on life. He had a lot of promise, ambition, but he got fired from a job and now he just quit on himself. And now he's just playing games and not looking for work. And now everything is on her. What do you expect her to do? If he, she's, if she's tried for years to get him back on his feet and say, honey, give him pep, hype him up again. Now we're in the same situation where he's not happy with himself. It's not her job to make him happy. Yeah. Be a wife. Say, honey, come on, get up and let's do this. We need you. You can do that, but it's not her job to make him happy. Depression, all those other things. That's not your spouse's job. They're not therapists. They have to go and get, they have to get up off their ass and go see a therapist and get professional help. And if you're living with somebody who doesn't seek out professional health and you've been with them five to 10 years, what do you expect them to do? Stay in a situation that is horrible for them. So again, I want, if you're watching this and you don't agree with anything I said, or maybe hate my content, at least walk away from this episode thinking, okay, it's not just women quit 80% of the time. If you keep quoting that and tagging me in that video, you're a piece of shit and you're an idiot because that's not the truth. There's so much 
there's so much complexity in a relationship. So many things can happen on why people break up. Think about it. Just not even thinking about marriage. Think about all the breakups that your friends have been through and you have been through. Some of them were simple. Some of them were more complex. And some of them you kind of tried to make it work for years and it didn't work. Marriage is the same thing. It's the same thing. Both of you have to try your best to make it work. And if one of you is not trying or not meeting you halfway, not seeking out personal development to make themselves better, it's not going to work. It's not going to work at all. And again, this kind of reinforces my whole opinion on getting married young. I truthfully believe getting married young is a major contributor to why divorces are failing as much as they are. Take your time, God damn it. Take your time and just find out who you are first. All right, find, find your purpose in life. Do that and then worry about that. Because again, I'm telling you, if you get married so young and not knowing truly who Troy is or who Shannon is, it's going to fail. It always does. It always does. So be patient with that. And and again, I'm in a relationship now. I'm engaged. My fiance is 38. I'm 46. We have a kid who's one years old and it's easy. And I truthfully mean that it's so odd. Just I remember thinking the first time having kids and how stressful and tired I was and how we were just stressed out of our minds because we were young. Now it's like awesome. Now, when you have somebody who's mature like you, there's no fights. Even when you're stressed out or you're helping each other out, it's like a team. It's a wonderful fucking feeling. And I, and I wish that for everybody. I truthfully do. It's a wonderful situation to be in. Like, this is what it's supposed to be like, not what it was before. So let me get to some comments real quick. Sometimes somebody on TikTok says, sometimes religion gets in the way too. That's a whole other episode. My God. <laughs> I'm not a religious guy. I non, I'm non-denomination. I was raised Catholic. I went to Catholic school 12 years of my life. So I guess that says a lot right there. But yeah, religion. I, I, my, I, I can say this because she shared it on my podcast. Uh, Tatiana, who does the Tatiana's Creep Stories. She, she's got over a million and a half of followers on, on, on uh, TikTok. She's, she told me on last year's episode that she was married for 11 years and it was a religious community. And the guy was abusive. He was an alcoholic. He was addicted to porn. And every time she tried to talk to him, he wouldn't listen. So she would go to the church and the founder, the pastor of the church would come back and say, well, are you being an obedient wife? Are you listening to your husband? Are you praying for him? Are you praying with him? Because maybe this is your fault. (laughs) And she kind of like, you know, fuck that. And then she divorced him because again, that's kind of a backwards ass advice, you know, all of his problems, they blamed her like, what the hell that she didn't pray? Really? So again, yeah, religion just come into play. I'm not a religious person, but be careful with that. Be very careful with that. Uh, somebody says 33 years later, when we got divorced. Now my ex-husband wants to come back to me. Don't go back to your exes. Don't ever do that. Even after they are wives for some time, they aren't ready to stay wives. Very true. Uh, let's see. We need more males to speak up to men like this. I try. They call me simp half the time, but those are usually the faceless profiles. Yes. Uh, somebody says, don't fall in love with potential. That's for damn sure. Or like, don't fall in love with the person. And then they change. And then you're having the conversation. Like, I know the person I fell in love with is in there. And I want, I want to, I want them back. No, they're gone. That person you fell in love with was a fucking facade. It was a false identity. 
Let's see. Uh, like Mormon, we are forced to get married young. It's so sad. But don't, yeah, don't, don't. I mean, I don't know. I don't, again, I don't know anything about religions, but if a religion's forcing you to get married at a young age, I don't think any religion should force you to do anything. Is that so hypocritical? I don't know. So he cheated. It's my fault. No, uh, I don't know where that's coming from. Okay, let me just some comments here on Facebook here. So just bear with me. Uh, Cell, what's up, man? That's a cool name. Cell Low. <laughs> Cell Low. That's cool. Uh, newly divorced. For some reason, I'm struggling with the issue. It sounds like our divorce final conversation. She laid all her unhappiness on you. Well, believe it or not, man, I'm, I know you're struggling, but it's a blessing in disguise. You'll, you'll see that in a few years because, again, it's not on you to make her happy. You can be a good husband, be the best partner you can be. But if they're not happy with where they are in life, that's not a, that's not your fault, man. That's not your fault. So consider it a blessing in disguise. You're going to be on your way and your life's going to be better off, man. I promise. Let's go to the beginning here. Let's see. Um, Nikki, what's up, Nikki? I just want to say thank you for all the insight. I appreciate that. Thank you. At least I can do. Uh, TikTok has become what the rest of social media. Oh, that's earlier on. Yeah. It feels like women have a low threshold for a standard that is less than they deserve. Possibly some. Possibly some. Yes. Oh, babes. Yes. Okay. There you go. I don't know what you agree with me on on there, uh, Brianna, but okay. Novak. That's a cool name. None of us uh, are perfect in the marriage, but I can agree with your point and say something. It can be one person. Yeah, it can, it can be. Yeah, I'm again, relationships and marriages, they're so complex. Yes, it, in, in many situations, it can just be one person. It can be both. It, it can be the wife. It can be the husband. It can be many things, right? But to say 80% of women are shit and just quit on men so don't get married, that's idiotic. It's narrow-minded. You're painting a demographic in countless scenarios with one broad stroke and blaming the gender. What kind of idiot can you be to actually say that out loud and actually agree with that? Seriously, it's like blaming a race for somebody's problems or religion or political party. Like, don't fall into that echo chamber of bullshit, man. Come on. Every situation deserves an objective look at and a point of view. Uh, thank you for being out there for us as we struggling through this. No, I'm Dennis. No problem, brother. I got you. All right, let's see. Continue on here. Um, shout out uh, Troy McClure. Thank you for being a member for four months. Troy, you're like the only member, I think, on my YouTube channel. And I think Seth is the only member on my other movie channel. So again, I appreciate that. Again, I'm doing all this on my own, out of my own pocket. I don't have a team helping me. So any financial contributions, like just being a member on my channel, pay for the bills. So again, thank you, Troy. You're the man. I'll see you tomorrow on tomorrow's live. Uh, I look forward to seeing you there. Uh, let's see here. How do you pronounce that last name? Muja? The problem is that a lot of people nowadays think that life is like a Hollywood movie. I agree with that where real life is full of responsibilities and work. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. I think a lot of us were, um, well, look at this, Antonio just kind of called it here. All the Disney romance and novellas have tainted society and what marriage is. 
I, I, I would throw social media in there, Antonio. It's like they would rather be a Disney princess than a wife. Yeah. I mean, think about it. All those romantic stories you grew up with and they live happily ever after. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> they didn't talk about the time when the prince had ED. <laughs> or when Cinderella gained weight and she didn't feel sexy, so she didn't want to have sex no more. Come on, what about that? What happened there? Or one of the dwarves cheated with Snow White. They didn't talk about that. <laughs> now I'm being stupid. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's see. Tracy says here, I was married, and your profile picture is your boobs, really? Or is that your shirt? What are you highlighting there? Anyway, I'm sorry. Tracy Lynn, she says, I was married 32 years and I was deeply unhappy. Okay. Now I'm broken alone. I've got nothing and I've never been happier. Wow. Your partner can't make you happy, but boy, can they make you miserable? <laughs> I want to talk about that real quick. Uh, I posted a video and I had to take it down because it was up for, again, I posted a video on TikTok. Wow. What was it? About two hours. And I went back and had zero views. So again, TikTok, it's not been friendly to me whatsoever, but let's talk about losing everything. I know a lot of guys and maybe women, but I'm, I'm going to talk to the men here. I know the thought of losing everything is terrifying. Like some of you don't even want the idea or even consider the idea of getting married because of the thought of losing everything. And I get that, you know, she's going to take my pension or half my pension, the house, I'm going to lose the house and lose custody with the kids, whatever, maybe split custody. Coming from a man, me, who lost everything. Again, I wasn't the greatest husband, but again, when you start selling your, your my, when I started selling my guitars just to make pay, pay the bills, and I'm talking, I had Les Pauls, Capophones, Gibsons. I had all these guitars I had to sell to pay bills, my guns. I, I was selling things to pay the bills, man. My amps, comic books. It, it sucked. I started losing everything piece by piece. And then ultimately I said I had to give up the house. So again, um, we left each other's 401ks alone, but again, I bought her out of the house, but again, I couldn't afford it. And before you know it, I started selling furniture, TVs, posters, movie memorabilia. I had over a thousand DVDs that I collected. I sold a thousand of my DVDs for a dollar each. Some of them were collector's items. And before you know it, I sold the house. I'm living with my parents in a little room that's maybe 10 by 10. One restroom and I'm in there. 39 years old in the restroom. My dad's knocking on the door. Don't be in there too long. I'm like, God damn. I'm 39 years old and my dad's telling me to hurry up. <laughs> Losing everything was the most painful experience I've ever had in my life. Ever. Uh, I don't wish it upon my worst enemies. But losing everything also taught me a lot. It taught me how that. I really didn't need them to make me happy. It, it also taught me what I was made out of and what I can handle. It, it taught me that if, when you're in that situation, you lost all your friends, you've lost your, your kids are with their mom and it's the holidays. And there you are in your, in your parents' house just by yourself. You, that, you don't have any money that week, no dates, and you're just there. There's a moment of clarity that comes that I didn't expect. It's like, wow, here I am at the rock bottom, but I'm still here. I'm still breathing. I'm still doing tasks that I need to do to get me to what I need to be. I still have a job. The sun's still going to come up. I'm going to go to the gym. I started noticing, Hey, it's I, I'm, I'm in, I'm in the worst place possible, but I'm surviving. 
and I'm getting up every day. I made sure I got my ass up out of the bed and went to the gym. I had a routine and it, it gave me peace for the first time. It's pretty awesome not to have no debt. <laughs> if I can just say that, it's pretty cool to have zero debt when you're divorced. You've lost everything, you have no payments, and you have zero debt, no house payment. And it just gave me this wonderful clarity that, wow, that was cool. I know it sucked that I sold a lot of things, but I can get it back. It's just things. I'm, I'm getting used to seeing my kids every seven days. I'm getting used to the routine and I'm still here. And again, it taught me that, wow, I can, I'm, I can actually take a lot. Like Rocky said in that one quote, it's not about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. Life had just beaten me to a freaking pulp. And here I am still getting up like Rocky. And I'm like, I can do this. It's, it's not easy, but I can do this. So it taught me a lot about myself. It taught me a lot of what I can take. And I didn't know how strong I was until I was in the middle of that. And I think a lot of you don't know how strong you are. Yes, there is fear in losing everything. There is fear in not seeing your kids and kissing them goodnight. But guess what? They're not out of your life. They're not gone. You're just not seeing them as often. But I think a lot of you are stronger than you think and you're not giving yourself enough credit. And if you're going through this right now, if you're about to go through it, I want you to understand something. I want you to understand. I want you to do something that I wish I can go back and do. I want you to be aware of the situation. I don't want you to destroy your body with alcohol or do something stupid because you're angry. I want you to take advantage of the opportunity and be aware that this is my transition to a better life. Yes, I'm at my lowest moment, but look, I'm still getting up. I'm still standing. I didn't hear any bell like Mick, like Rocky would say, I didn't hear no bell. Get up, you son of a bitch. Get up. Keep going. And you'll be surprised how strong you are. Don't let that moment turn you into a bitter person where you just consume with hate and just hate women or hate people. Don't let this moment, this horrible moment, destroy you because everybody has good in them, right? Hold on to that good that's in your heart. And remember, don't give up on a relationship or finding love again. You're not ready for it at that moment. You're not ready for it in a couple of years. It may take five or 10 years before you're ready to fall in love again. But don't give up on love. Don't give up on the opposite sex. Look at how you arrived in that situation. Take accountability on your, your own mistakes. No one is ever a victimless in a divorce. There are some faults that you probably aren't aware of. But again, go to therapy and talk them out. And learn from your mistakes. Learn from them. But evolve from that. And the things you lost, you can get back. I lost my house. I bought a new house. The house behind me, I bought it four and a half years later. I got another house under my name alone. I'm working on my movie collection. I still got a long ways to go, but I'm rebuilding my movie collection. It's all behind me. I even got some Beetlejuice memorabilia back there. So you, it's, it's just things, man. And if she took half your 401k, so what? You'll get it back. Just keep working. Work hard. You'll get it back. And that's all I got to say on that point. Okay, next topic here. Oh, happiness is a choice. Yes, it is. Absolutely. That's what BJJ did for me. It made me incredibly happy within myself. After the divorce, I started doing things 
that I always wanted to do. There you go. Uh, I don't know what BBJ is a great way to release stress. I don't know what that is. Um, I, I have a mind that's in the gutter and I don't want to know what the other J meant, but <laughs> maybe that's a biblical thing. I don't know, but like, okay. So BBJ, I don't know what that is. But yeah, I mean, after the divorce, I started doing things for my own and you don't need money to do things on your own. I mean, for those who don't know, I started volunteering at a lot of things. I volunteered at a Comic-Con. And before you know it, I kind of worked my way up to being a handler. Before you know it, I'm being I'm Robert England's assistant on a Comic-Con, Freddy Cougar. And here I am working for free, but I got Freddy Cougar next to me for a whole weekend. And I'm like, I finally found me. This is what I've always wanted to do. She always thought I was dumb and stupid. Like, I don't want to go to cons, you know, whatever. Now, here I am at a con and I work my way up from the bottom as a, as a gopher. And here I am next to Robert England. And then before I know it, I'm interviewing Kevin Nash on stage. So I, you, you get a chance to discover yourself and do the things you've always wanted to do. If you, if you want to be a dancer, a painter, I don't know, a mime, <laughs> you get the chance to do it. Go do it. Instead of sitting at home and just dwelling on the, on the past and what could have been, go live, damn it. Go do whatever you've wanted to do. Now's the time to do it. Do it, man. Do it. Troy, feel you on that. No debt, Rudy. Not in the sense that I'm here with you, but I can understand how happy. Yeah, it's it's a it's a positive slide. I try to always look at the positive side of every situation. I, I really do. Because again, yes, it's bad, but sometimes when you lose, you really win. I truthfully believe that. Brazilian jiu-jitsu, I think. Yes, do that. Join a Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I mean, not only are you getting in shape, you're introducing yourself to another community. Yes, go go learn jiu-jitsu. And then go fight in the Kumote. <laughs> oh, that's what BJJ means. Okay. You see, I'm per- oh, my goes in the gutter. Thank you. Left in Texas. I never knew how strong I was until I went through it. There you go, Kelton. There you go. Now I want to go back to my ex-wife. How? Yeah, don't go back to your ex-wife. Why would you want to do that? What's over? It's over. Don't do that. Okay. Uh, I'm going to, this is the second half of the episode here. Uh, I want to talk about the holidays and how it's a stressful time. It's December and I know divorce and going through a horrible situation or breakup. And again, talking specifically for the divorce part. Um, it gets pretty hard, especially the holidays. Um, I stopped celebrating Christmas in 2015 and I just barely started getting into the spirit of celebrating Christmas as of 2021. I mean, I, I put up a tree. I did all that, but I didn't feel like celebrating it for many years. And I I'll share this, this, this Facebook post I had here one second. So you can see. Let's see, share, share, share. So you can see, I like sharing stuff. Okay. I don't know if you can see that, but here's a, a memory. There's my love witch right there. And I, this is what December 4th, 2021. I said, I haven't put up Christmas decorations since 2014, feeling the Christmas spirit again. It took me that long to just put that up in front of my house. And that's, I know that's nothing, but it took me that long. What 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 21. It took me seven years to finally want to get back into that Christmas spirit. And the holidays are, are not, are not going to be easy. I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie to you. 
but I want to give you some tips here. I'm going to give you seven tips on what you can do to help get you through the holidays. Okay. First one. And again, this goes for men and women is uh, be uh, set realistic expectations. I have some notes here real quick. Divorce is a major life change. Your responsibilities have changed. Your financial situation has changed. Now you spend your free time. How you spend your free time has also changed. Before you do anything, factor these changes into your plans for the holiday season. This will help alleviate stress and eliminate surprises. Be realistic. I mean, you're going to feel bad, but don't let that feeling consume you. You know, take manage that. It was what you want to do. Uh, two, reach out to family and friends. That's very, very important. It's okay to ask for help and talk things through. Your loved ones are probably as busy as you are, so don't hesitate to reach out if you need a little extra help getting through the holidays. Don't wait for someone to read your mind or appear at your door with a with a festival with a festive carousel. I didn't write this, okay? Anyone also anyone uh, who deals with divorce and their everyone excuse me also everyone deals with divorce in their own way. If you leave people guessing, they might not get it right. The point is to communicate to get whatever support, comfort, or feedback you need. You will it will give you the the close the closeness and togetherness in which you have grown accustomed to each year. So again, don't don't I know there's a lot of us, especially if we feel we're the ones at fault. I was guilty of this as well. If you're the were the main contributor to why things ended, or you feel that you were the main contributor you tend to feel a lot of guilt and you want to punish yourself. So you put yourself through a lot of, um, a lot of pain. Like, you know what? I deserve to be happy, but I'm going to choose not to go out or I'm going to push everybody away. Don't do that to yourself. You're, it's bad enough. So don't punish yourself even further. I know that comes from like a, the self-critic analysis piece where, you know, everyone's their own toughest critic, but don't punish yourself more than you have to. Your family is there. They want to help you. Let your friends know like, Hey, I'm, I'm in a bad place, man. You know, don't text them, call them, meet them for lunch somewhere. Say, look, man, I'm in a bad place. I'm not going to lie. The holidays are really kicking my ass at night. The demons are coming and I just, I can't be alone right now. It's just, can I hang out with you? Can, you know, can we just hang out once, once a week, maybe go to the gym. A good friend will be there for you. A good one. I didn't have that. <laughs> I didn't have that at all. But again, I hope you do, but reach out to your friends and family. They know you're going through a tough time whether if you're the bad guy or not. Okay. Uh, number three is don't spend the holidays alone. Uh, hibernating is not an option, particularly if you have children. And even if your ex has them for the holidays, hiding away as the days pass you by is simply punishing yourself. This is what I just said. Alone time can be therapeutic, but it does not, but it does the mind good, but it does the mind good to make it effort to go out and spend time with family and friends. Try not to spend too much time alone with your thoughts and do not avoid family and friends. Fill the holiday months with loved ones and avoid reflecting on the broken marriage and what could have been. The what ifs and could haves and should haves, don't do that to your mind. Uh, try to focus on, again, the power of the now. I mean, you know, that whole, that whole mindset where thinking about the past draws up depression. Thinking about the future draws anxiety and stress. Focus on the now. It think that the past is over. Those days are over with it happened for a reason and focus on where you're at now. Don't think about the past. Do not dwell on that. That will really screw you up. It really will. Uh, this next step here is uh, getting, this is a tough one get into the holiday mood. Like I said, I didn't celebrate Christmas for many years, but it says here, 
decide what you love about decide what you love above all else during the holiday season to figure out a way to get more into it. Whether it's giving gifts, uh, decking the halls, glazing, uh, gazing at Christmas lights, going caroling, etc. You know what? I don't like that tip. Get into the holiday mood. I would say volunteer time. You know, I would rather go with that. Volunteering time, maybe at an elderly place. Those people, if you want depression, <laughs> I, I volunteered at an elderly home at one point and I cried, man, because my heart goes out to them. You know, volunteer at an elderly retirement home. They're alone. And go read them books and spend time with them. You know, and again, not only are you volunteering and being part of someone else's life, but you're meeting other people and you, you and you, maybe you'll see, maybe it's not as bad as I thought it was, but expand your, 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 your boundaries and just help others volunteer at a, maybe a fundraiser, do, do something, but get out there, give, give back. Cause I guess what I'm trying to say that kind of ties to the holiday mood. It doesn't necessarily have to be like singing and all this other bullshit that this article is saying, but give back. Turn that negative energy that you have, all the depression, and turn it into something productive, like just giving back. Uh, here's this is an obvious one: fend off the the ghosts of Christmas past. Uh, try not to um, dwell in the unusual in the usual nostalgia of the holidays. Uh, make new traditions. Make new traditions. All the traditions that you had in the past, they're, they're over with. They're done. It's time to move on. Don't focus on the past. I mean, uh, I know you used to go to maybe your Thea's house, your grandma's house, whatever the case is. You can still do that. Great. But again, make, you have to start anew. You have to do new things. Uh, let's see what it says here. What else? Do not allow holiday theme memories, sad, happy or sad, to haunt your future. Uh, skip the annual visit to destinations where you created memories with your past. Go to new destinations. Create fresh memories. That's a good tip. And again, uh, this one I totally agree with here is take care of yourself. Divorce is exceedingly stressful, especially when the holidays, right before the holidays, stress leaves you. Uh, it can really destroy your body. It can get you sick. You can get the flu. I had the flu that first Christmas after my divorce. And it sucked because I thought I died. I was having dreams of people coming to my house and giving me like Gatorade and soup and no one showed up. My parents couldn't come because I come from a poor family. They didn't have a car to come give me soup. I told the ex-wife, I go, look, I'm, I'm dying here. Can you bring me some Gatorade? She goes, call one of your girlfriends. And she hung up on me. I'm like, none of my girlfriends did. I had to call a coworker, somebody who I barely knew. I go, look, I know this sounds totally not <laughs> weird, but I have nobody. I have the flu. I need medicine. I can't get up out of my bed. Can you bring me something? This person, this woman showed up to my house with just grocery bags of just Gatorade soup. She cooked me soup and gave me some medicine and I felt better, but I thought I was going to die that one holiday season. Again, I kept having dreams that people were showing up and nobody was there. It was so weird. But again, take care of yourself. Depression breaks down your immunity. I got shingles that same year. So again, don't try to go through the, the, the pain by going like, I'm going to use hate to get me through this. No, hate's going to destroy your body and you're going to get sick. Don't do that. Okay. And this is going to be a tough one, but uh, work together with your ex spouse for the sake of the kids. I, I know this is a difficult uh, topic and I know not everybody's situation is the same. I, I get that. But if you are, if, if you love your kids, despite how horrible your husband was, despite how horrible your ex wife was, your kids come first. They do. So work with your ex spouse to try to work out a schedule so you can see them. Uh, the ex-wife and I live in the same city. We've worked it out to where 
she has them Christmas Eve and then I have them Christmas day. And it's been like that since, oh, it's a, since 2016 and it's worked out fine. Now I know that may not be the case for a lot of people, but again, put your kids first. If you can't put your kids first, you shouldn't be a parent. You shouldn't be a parent and you're a selfish prick. In my opinion, if you can't get past the anger of your spouse and you have to just, just erupt with this, this, this silliness and just make ruin everybody's Christmas, including your kids. I don't care what they did. I mean, aside safety and physical abuse, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, it just didn't work out. Put your kids first, be civil, be adults. Don't make it harder on the kids because as bad as you feel, as horrible as you feel going through this whole change, your kids are going through it as well. Be the example for them. Don't insult their mom when you have them. Don't insult their father when you have them. Don't use those kids against them. If you do, you're a piece of shit. Anybody who weaponizes a kid to turn them against the parent, you're a piece of shit. Okay? And if I get banned, I'm, I'm sorry, but it's true. No one should weaponize kids' feelings or manipulate them to turn them against their father or mother. You're a piece of shit if you do that. And I have... I wish the worst upon you. I seriously mean that. I'm so protective when it comes to the defenseless, the elderly and kids. No, nobody should fucking do that. Nobody, nobody look out for your kids, man. And as far as the last tip here, I think that's it. Um, that's it. But again, everybody, I know the holidays are really bad. Like I said, look out for yourself, your kids. They love you. I know you're not seeing them as often as you think, but as often as you would like. Right. But the kids don't want mommy or daddy hurt, especially daddy. I'm talking to the dads here, man. Don't do anything stupid. Don't get drunk and get like in a DWI or, you know, car accident. Cause my wife fucked my heart. So I'm going to drink. No, don't be stupid. You know, put your kids first, man. Kids want to see you. They're thinking about daddy. They're not seeing him every night. So they don't want daddy drunk and getting beat up at a bar or doing something stupid to himself. Don't do that. Your kids, you need to be a father. Be there for them. You wish you can clip this? Well, guess what? It, you can go to my YouTube channel, Rude Advice. You can, this whole episode is going to be there for you to replay, man. Hey, Rudy, who said that? Smiles for like, hey, what's going on? <laughs> I haven't seen you in a while. To me, it was the other way around. It helped me be, it helped me get, helped me to be alone. Well, again, to each their own, but, but I don't recommend it for everybody. Max, my boy, uh, how's Max doing? Somebody's asking about my son. He's growing. He's, um, He's one in it. He's one month. He's one year and one month old. I guess one years old. <laughs> he looks like a two-year-old. He's freaking huge. Uh, he's got daddy's patience, which is not good. And he cracks me up, man. He's the most precious little boy ever. Uh, I am so in love with him. My love, which is her first baby. And just to see her looking at him and just in, with the mother's eyes, she loves her boy. And I constantly just tell her, you're welcome. <laughs> I did that. Yeah, but I love I love being a dad. I, I love being a dad. Yeah, I, 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 being a dad, even with my other kids, I, my favorite role I've ever had in my life is being a dad. I, I love it. I love teaching them. I love. I just love it. And you, you know, everyone's oh, you started all over at forty six. I'm like, yeah, I did. But you know, what? I love being a dad, and I have a wonderful wife companion. We're not married yet, but. I have the best companion ever. And it's like, it's, it's wonderful when you have somebody like that. It just makes it so much more wonderful and pleasant. I can't complain. Uh, new wave, man. Wow. Your sickness story with the dreams and nobody to bring you food is heartbreaking. And that's during the holidays. 
How did you keep yourself from losing it during that brutal time? Uh, how did I do that? Well, again, I filed and part of me was like, I caused this, so I'm going to own up to it. And I'm putting my kids through hell right now. And I want to prove to them that you can go through a divorce and still make it and become a better man. And you can still be great parents with your ex-spouse. And I wanted to be the model to show them that, Hey, my dad's going through a tough time and he can make it and look what he did. And I, and I showed them that I gave him a real life example. They grew up and didn't see mommy and daddy fight as ex-parents, right? As co-parents. They saw me rebuild my life. They saw me build up a YouTube channel. They saw me happy. They saw me laughing. I, I showed them how to do it. And I know the other horror stories we've seen were like, you know, families fall apart. The dad disappeared. He became an alcoholic. Like, no, I wanted, I, I guess I had my kids in my heart to show like, they're the ones I was, I was, they were the ones I was fighting for. I wanted to prove to them that I, I can make it. So that's how I did it. Uh, but also wanted to prove it to myself and also maybe prove everybody wrong. Cause everybody, including family was telling me, don't get, don't do it. Stay together for the kids. Everybody was telling me that. And I wanted to prove everybody wrong. And I did. I fucking did, <laughs> but it's, I'm not gonna lie. It's heartbreaking. And uh, there were, there were lonely nights like that. That was very bad. That was horrible. That experience. And I'll never forget that. But um, most of you know this, I just to kind of start a new hobby. What I did is I created a YouTube channel. Uh, called at the time it was called Rudy's movie reviews. Uh, and now it's called gen X reviews and it's been up for about maybe six years. And granted, I've always thought of it as a hobby. Like it was never something I wanted to do as a career, like be a full-time YouTuber. It was just something I was doing for fun. So I, on my extra time when I had no money, I would do movie reviews. So if you want to check it out, there's my channel. It's called Gen X Reviews. I got I'm a, I just passed 9,000 subscribers. I love movies. So when I'm not talking about divorce and heartbreaking stuff, I love watching movies. I love watching movies with my fiance. And I started this channel. If you go back to the very, very first reviews, the very first videos, they suck. You know, maybe they some of them still suck. But I remember filming like which one was it? This thriller review right here. At the very end of the video is where I was sick and I had the flu. And after I started feeling better, I started recording reviews. So this thriller video seven years ago with not even a thousand views is me recovering from the flu. I go, you know what? If I'm not going to just sit here and dwell in the past, I'm going to do something fun. Let me study up on thriller and do an insightful review on that. So that's what I did. So this video is kind of personal to me. So whenever I felt bad, I would dive into in doing something creative. I would either watch a comedy or watch a movie. And just get my mind right. And I, I, I go, well, I'm depressed. I'm sad right now. I have no money to go out. I have a woman coming later. <laughs> Let me learn how to edit video. So I started playing with a programming, like a, how to edit videos and how to do you know, lower thirds and graphics and things like that. And before you know it, I was somewhat okay. But that skill that I was learning in that depressing time led to a better career. And that's what I'm doing now. So those skills that I learned for free on YouTube have now paid off to a wonderful career as an instructional designer where I'm making a lot of money doing my thing. So it's pretty cool. So who would have thought if I, if I never would have gotten divorced, I never would have learned a new skill. I never would have started a channel. I never would have met Robert England. I never would have got the job and the new career 
because I learned the new skills. So again, it's, you make the most of it. And again, instead of dwelling and having a pity party, take that negative energy and do something productive. Learn how to play guitar, something, learn a trade, do something you've always wanted to do and take advantage of it. Cause now's the time, because before you know it, a year is going to go by and you're going to think, what did I do? Just drink all the time and just be, just have a pity party. Or do I, did I, did I learn something? And, and I didn't have money to attend a school or go to college. So I'm like, fuck, let me just go to YouTube. You can learn any skill on YouTube, any skill you want, how to repair refrigerators, uh, AC units, or even graphic design. You can learn it. There's free tutorials all over the place. So you don't necessarily need to go to school to learn a new skill. So go do that. So yes, I love that smile you have when you talk about your family. Oh, my boy. Yeah, uh, I love him. Being a man isn't easy. Damn right. It's not. I'm damn right. It's not. Who said it was easy, man? Ain't easy at all. But yeah, a new wave, man. That's that was my story. And um, you know what? I'm closing up. I'm closing up the the uh, the podcast right now. But again, unless you have some questions, I'll, I'll wait a few minutes. But to wrap up today's episode here. I'm grateful. I'm grateful for the hell, man. I'm grateful for all the. Um, the heartbreak, I'm grateful for everything I went through, as bad and negative as it was, it wouldn't have made me the man I am today. And I'm grateful. Of, I'm grateful for the man I am today because it's led me to meet wonderful people. I, I have such wonderful friends, like in the YouTube space. I've met my love witch. I have a beautiful boy. It's like all that negative, all that hell that I went through was worth it. Or where I'm at now. I'm talking to people here live on TikTok. I got 300K followers. You know, I, I've, life is wonderful and it was worth it. And again, I, I hope my story and what I share here, I'm not a simp or whatever the fuck you think, whatever some people call me, it's real life, man. And I'm not preaching hate. I'm preaching accountability and learning and having self-awareness. And if you, it's not easy, but if you fight through it, good things happen. And I truthfully believe that the energy you put out is what you get back. If you're positive and just shaking everybody's hand and just being a good person with no ill intention, positive comes back, man. And I'm not even a spiritual guy. I don't believe in the karma. I mean, karma out there, I, I know it exists, but I don't believe in it. But the energy you put out there is what you get back. And if you're always negative and just see the, the like wrong in people, like women ain't shit and all that, that's all you're going to get. That's all you get because that's all you're throwing out to the world. But if you change that mindset, man, good things happen. I'm a living example of that. Was it wasn't easy, but it's 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 a prime example of how you live, man. That's 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 how you do it. Be be good to each other. I mean, shake everybody's hand, treat people with respect. I mean, and if, unless they don't respect you, then you just do the opposite, right? But put good energy out there, and you know what? You meet good people. I have some wonderful friends now that I didn't. That you know that are that are YouTubers. Right. And if I get married, I want them in my wedding because we're good friends. That's how close I am with some of these guys now. And, uh, like I said, I have my boy and I have my, my, my woman, the woman I always wanted. She's beautiful. It's like wonderful. It's like, things are great. So I am grateful for the hell I went through. And if you're going through it right now, like I said, just listen to this podcast and, uh, fight, fight for that future, fight for the future that you want. Cause it, it's there. It's going to happen. But you got to fight for it. Don't give up. Don't give up. And uh, I'm just going to cue it. I'm going to end the podcast right there when it goes up, but I'll stay live for a little bit to answer some questions. So 
All right, let's go play some background music here. What is uh what do these people have? I guess I'll play that here. Questions. All right, I'll say I'll say uh, live for a little bit. DLO says, yes, sir. Ah, ah, sorry. What if you changed the mindset and still got negative? Well, I'm, I've never been a negative person. Like I said, I tried to be negative for six months and I lost my hair. I got shingles and it destroyed my body. So no, I'm not going to do that. Neg- I mean, negative energy, man, it's, it destroys you. So don't do it. And it was also a cop out, to be honest, because I didn't want to maybe face the reality of the situation. So I thought, hey, can get me through it. But don't do that. Hey, it's not good. It's not, it's not a great thing, brother. I got an old cat of 53. <laughs> there you go. Get a cat. Get a cat. That's awesome, man. You wave, man. Uh, thanks, brother. Appreciate that. I appreciate that. That means a lot. Thank you, Charles. Thank you. The name is all me. The pick of all. Troy McClure, the name is all me. The pick was all my son. Oh, okay. Gotcha. That's awesome. Gotcha. Now I get it. Okay. Stay for the kids is not a, is not a good statement to make. Yeah, it's not. Uh, let's see here. Was that directed to me? Agree, Rudy, there are rare situations aside. If your hatred of your ex outweighs the love for your kids, you are the problem. Yeah, I totally agree with that. There you go. I'm all caught up there now. Um, let's see. Date someone. What if negativity is just realism and not hate? I don't understand what you mean. What if what if negativity is just realism and not hate? What do you mean? The reality of the situation? Uh, I... Trust me, dude, there's no one more cynical than me. I'm very realistic when it comes to everything, dude. I don't like hoping for the best. I kind of just see it as it is, especially going through divorce. So I, I disagree with that. You can be cynical and positive at the same time, if that makes any sense. But don't jump. If you're if you're if you if you're consumed with hate, if you have a lot of problems within, don't go. Be, don't be dating. All right. Dating is the last thing you should be doing. I need to learn patience. Any suggestions? I meant I'm an old cat. Oh, you're an old cat. Okay. Patience, man. It's a well, I mean, how, how can you learn patience? Maybe you just, uh, I, I, that I can't answer that to be honest. I'm not the right person. Cause if my fiance heard me kind of giving advice, she'd probably be laughing at me. I have patience, but again, I guess my kids taught me patience. Like people seeing red pill as hate. Well, I see a lot of the rhetoric as sens- as sensationalized hate. I I agree with some of the fundamentals of the red pill space. Uh, they do have some good tools, but when you have this the the major creators dispewing hate uh, toward women, that's where I have a problem. I don't I don't agree with hating anybody. I'm not going to blame a gender or anybody for my problems. When a lot of the problems that we all face in the dating world or in the marriage world, if you go back to the first minute of this episode, is like what I said is like, again, you got to be careful with who you allow into your life. And if you're just looking for a woman who's a you know a 10 and she's got booty, whatever that, and you get married and she leaves you three years from now, if you're my friend, I, I would tell you, what the fuck did you expect, man? You're just all so focused on beauty. You weren't even thinking with the right head. 
So again, we need to take accountability for the choices we make. I'm trying to learn how to start over. I really appreciate your perspective. Hey, Michelle, I'm glad. That means a lot to me. Thank you so much. Uh, meaning I want responses, but I wait six hours sometimes more because she is busy and has young children. Oh, you're texting somebody and she's, you want responses? Uh, hold on. Hey, Mighty Soul. Hey, good to see you. What's up? Haven't seen you in a while. Ladies in the chat, uh, DLO is asking about that. So if a lady's, if he's texting a woman and she hasn't responded and she had, he had to wait six hours, but she does have kids. What would you tell him? I mean, honestly, dude, I mean, when I was dating myself, I wasn't the type to have my phone out of my hands when I was working. So any woman I was talking to, I said, look, FYI, Monday through Friday, I'm working. I'll text you during lunch, maybe call you, but don't be texting me every minute talking about the day or sending me memes because I'm not going to respond. I'm working. You know, I'm the only one bringing income. So I was adjusting to having a, going from dual income to single. So I set the, I set the tone like I'll talk to you later tonight. But as a single parent, I mean, not a single parent, I was co-parenting with the ex-wife. Then the week I had my kids, you get home from work, but then you have to help your kids with either baseball practice, sports, homework. So I didn't have any free time till 9 p.m. So sometimes when you're dating somebody who has kids Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 p.m., they're busy, dude, because they're, they're living by themselves and they got a shitload of responsibility and they won't be free. So don't take it personal. I mean, don't take it personal. I mean, just feel the situation out. If you need more than that, go somewhere else. Cool. Cool. <laughs> yeah. And I, I mean, I would also say I would agree with that. Stop messaging her so much. I, I always kept messages and texting to a very minimal during the week. It was more like, hey, what's up? We're already meeting here this weekend. Cool. All the events of the week that occurred, I prefer to talk to her or talk to talk about those topics with her face to face because that gave me something to talk about. So I kept texting to a very bare minimum unless you want to send booty pics. And that's another topic. Yeah, you women send a lot of those, by the way. Like, whoa, what's up? Question. Do you think marriage as an idea should be reevaluated? Yes. It's evolved over time from a financial transaction to an emotional one to now simply a rite of passage. Yeah, I don't like I said, I think marriage in itself. There's very few of us that are actually worthy of being married. Very few of us. Very, very small percentage of us are actually worthy of being married or marriage material, to be honest. Um, that's why I like, in a way, I, I see a lot of men saying, I'm not going to get married. You know, don't get married, guys. I know they're saying it because of what they've seen on social media. But part of me is also thinking maybe this is a good thing as well, because yes, they're, they're blaming women, whatever the case is, but they're also not getting married and not contributing to the stats. So maybe this halt with both genders, because again, there's women out there who say they want nothing to do with men. Maybe this halt will kind of give everybody an idea to just kind of reset the whole idea of marriage. You know what I'm saying? Maybe we should treat it like getting a doctrine or a PhD. Very few people get them. I don't know. <laughs> I just don't waste, uh, let's see. 
Well, my wife has not filed for divorce yet, even though she left one once ago. Well, maybe you should file, Miguel. What the hell's up with that? I just don't waste time if I don't hear from a woman too much. Yeah, I mean, if if you don't feel that the energy's there, but again, if she's made it clear that she's busy with kids and such, I mean, that's a that's a viable reason. But if you feel you're not getting the energy back, then don't do it. Marriage in its current incarnation is a scam. Um, I would, I can see how you're framing that, but as I said, I think a lot of people are getting married when they they're not even marriage material. And that's that contribute that contributes to the result we've seen. Also, uh, Almighty King Andrew. So you were married. I'm taking it. That's why a man shouldn't date single moms, especially if you don't have kids. I partially agree with that. I mean, I had kids. I was co-parenting with my ex-wife, and I chose to date single moms. Not people who were co-parenting. Because they lived the same lifestyle that I did. We were both busy Monday through Friday. We both had kids. They were the same age. So that made sense to me. But if I had no kids, I wouldn't date somebody who had kids unless they had a great co-parenting relationship with their ex-husband and he was there for them and they had a healthy relationship. That's the only way I would do it. Like, okay, they're cool. I'm mature enough and I know they can talk without me worrying about anything because I have an ex-wife myself. That's the only way I would do it. But again, it just so happened that I, my fiance didn't have kids until I showed up and gave her my seed. <laughs> I know this isn't the best form for jokes, but the quan, the quality of the booty versus the amount of time spent with said booty may just lead to fun while it lasted. Amen. <laughs> Hey, Grey Pill, what's up, man? Happy holidays to you and yours. I'm gonna say Merry Christmas because I'm, you know, that's just me. But I will, do, I will do so. She calls it. We separate it while I called it abandonment. Uh, I don't know your, I don't know your full situation, dude. But again. Uh, Maybe she did need time. Maybe she did need time to focus on herself. Maybe she's screwing an old high school boyfriend. I don't know. I don't know. But if it, I've always, I've always had the opinion. <laughs> I, again, I don't know all the circumstances of your situation, but if anybody says they need space, I'm saying bye. Bye. Hey, Cher. What's up? Good to see you. Hi, Rudy. What are your thoughts on my ex not filing for divorce when she's been in a two-year relationship? Well, I mean, why hasn't she filed? Why haven't you filed? I mean, is it an insurance thing? I, I know some people that I've met that are friends and friends of friends that are still technically married, but it's because of insurance reasons and kids and things like that. So keeping the kids covered. So I don't know what your circ the circumstances are, but again, I don't see why either one of you haven't filed yet file they left you filed i don't know what that means man my, my mind's in the gutter i have a dirty mind and i don't know what creating tadpoles means oh never mind i got it <laughs> but yeah if, if if they're separating man they leaving you then go i mean no have some i don't want to say have some self-respect but in a way like value yourself man bye Yeah, I don't know. 
but I, I would have questions if, if, if again, uh, Kaylee, I don't know if you're a woman, but if you are, and you're talking about your husband, why he hasn't filed or he left, uh, I have spoken to a lot of attorneys, like I said, uh, divorce attorneys, and they've said not all cases, but most cases, some cases, the guys are just too lazy to file. And a lot of them don't even want to pay bills. So they're not going to file because it takes too much time and paperwork to do it. So it could be that reason why he hasn't, why he hasn't filed. Oh, here's a response here. He actually said he doesn't want to. It makes it final. I think he's what? He doesn't want to do it because then it'll be final. I think it's not. It's too not committed to anyone else. I'm a woman. Yes, you helped me in the early days on here. Oh, cool. Yeah, I'm bullshit. Bullshit. I mean, come on. Just if he left and he doesn't want to do it because he's final. I mean, is he screwing other women? Is he having a good time having this cake and eating the two? Come on. No. Move on. I mean, I, again, I don't know the entire. I, I hate telling people what to do and giving them an, an answer to a life, a big life decision. So I hate doing that. But again, because I don't know all the details. But again, I'm just keep take it with a grain of salt. All right. He won't be forced to lock it down with someone else. Okay. Let's see. Lucy Martinez. Lucy Martin here says my ex filed because he got into a relationship right away and his girlfriend insisted they filed. It's always funny. I like, well, I think we all know people who like jump from one relationship to the other. And that speaks volumes about their character, how they can't be alone and they need somebody to get them through life and to each their own. But again, that relationship probably won't last. Internet speak. Yeah, I get you. <laughs> well, everybody, it's going to be 11 o'clock here in San Antonio, and I, I got to go ahead and turn in. But uh, everybody, thank you so much for joining uh, tonight's uh, podcast episode. I know I don't go live on the Root Advice channel as much as I should, but uh, once every week or so is, I think, a good cadence for me. Uh, but again, if you haven't done so already, please follow me on uh, YouTube, my root device channel. You can look up there. And again, I have a great episode with Mac and Murphy. Uh, he's a scientist who did a study on infidelity. His TikTok uh, profile is blowing up. He's being requested by you know podcasts all over the world. And I interviewed him about cheating, the science behind it. Believe it or not, some of us, if get this, if your mom or dad or your if 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 the person you're dating, if his parents or her parents cheated a lot. Nine times out of 10, he's going to cheat because cheating in a way is hereditary. I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't know that. It can be passed on. It's like a trait because it, it ties to like addictive personality. So again, if you want to hear that whole episode, go to any listening platform, type in Rude Device. It's episode 59. And again, thank you, everybody. Uh, I didn't see, I saw one super chat. Again, uh, that's to the one and only star, uh, excuse me, uh, Troy McClure. Thank you so much uh, for the contribution to being a member of the channel. If you'd like to contribute in any way financially, again, I'm a one-man team. You can go to be a Patreon or be a channel member on Rude Device. And again, in closing, sincerely, thank you, everybody. And again, uh, Merry Christmas to you and yours. If I don't go live again, I really wish everybody the best on the holidays. And if it's rough for some of you, take my advice for what it's worth. And uh, Merry Christmas, and uh, I'll talk to you all later, okay? Bye.